creative destruction and risky business of going against the grain. The reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Yep, we're here and welcome to another episode of Inebriated Genius. Um, sorry about last week, but you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of important things going on that I had to take care of and I was in and out of the state. Uh, definitely want to go ahead and start the episode off by congratulating my guy Kenny Ray and his new fiance Jerrica. I was there to witness that, so congrats to both of them. Be seeing y'all next week. Not next week, but the week after next as we continue on with our celebration of y'all unity and also... Uh, Kenny Ray's birthday so uh, yeah so glad we got that out the way but um, as you guys know um, a couple of weeks ago LA rapper and uh, activist and community guy Nipsey was killed by somebody in his own hood just a couple weeks ago and um, his funeral was just this past week and I think um, the black communities also had a hard time dealing with this and um, it was kind of wild because I was actually at the crib and post on one of my last episodes when we got in a group chat that, you know what I'm saying, Nip had been shot. And I was just thinking, you know what I'm saying, somebody shot at him, you know what I'm saying, flesh wound, something like that. Everything was going to be good. But then, you know what I'm saying, our group chat started buzzing. It was like he got shot six times. And I was like, well, goddamn. So, you know what I'm saying, they was like, he rushed to the hospital. I was like, okay, Nip going to be straight. He going to shake back. Shit, without even an hour later, reports came back. Nip had died. And as soon as that shit happened, like, everybody, like, was kind of taken back. Because nobody actually truly really wanted to believe that it actually happened. And I just sat back and was like, wow. Like, everything I was working on at that point became, you know, secondary to how I started to feel. Because, you know, I had pretty much been on Nip for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Due to him working with DJ Drama. And also, you know what I'm saying, Dayton Lauren or whatever. And also, some of my favorite rappers was rocking with him, like Hove and G's and Tip. So, you know what I'm saying? Anybody that my guy's co-signed, I got to check out. So, and just after he died, like, a lot of his interest and all that started to come out and what he was involved in. I actually, you know what I'm saying, started putting people on that Victory Lap album way, 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 way a while ago. So, um, it just kind of hit different. I think that's the vibe that everybody got. Nobody really wanted to believe it. And um, it's still hard to believe to be actually, to actually be truthful with you. Like, I didn't know him at all, but I still feel like this is unfair. Like, the first thing that people start saying is that God has a plan. Everything is part of God's plan. But I start to question, like, what was this about? Granted, some people might say he was banging, but that was a while. That was a long time ago. He wasn't wasn't on that shit no more. And, you know, I always have a a phrase, which is the debt got to be paid. I don't actually truly think that God had anything to do with this one. I think this was all uh, part of the devil's plan. But... I don't know. They've caught the dude. It didn't even take long. They got him. Got him on video. Um, Christopher Darden, who you was the prosecutor in the O.J. Simpson trial, is his lawyer. And if you know Christopher Darden, he is very emotional. And that's what caused him to lose the O.J. trial. Uh, that's where the whole phrase, if the glove don't fit, you must acquit, come from. Because of him. And his daughter said that she's been getting threats along with the family because of his decisions. But... You know, as a lawyer, he has to take it. Well, he don't have to, but he just decided to, you know. So, that's just him. Um, also, when Nip died, a lot of things came out. You know what I'm saying? Conspiracy theories, of course. And 
everything else around it. Uh, one of my boys got mad at me and told me that I trust the government too much because I didn't believe in certain uh, conspiracy theories. And, you know, we, it's going to always be a constant debate over it. And if I was to believe in any conspiracy theory, it was only going to be one which had nothing to do with Dr. Sebi. It mostly, it mostly dealt with the fact that anybody that tried to unify poor people are the ones that normally get killed. Patrice O'Neill had a joke about that. He said, anytime, you know what I'm saying, anybody want to unify people, they, they killed that nigga. He, then he just let Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Martin Luther, the nigga without the king, all them niggas get killed if you try to unify poor people to move as one. So that was the only conspiracy I wrote with. Outside of that, it was just some hating ass nigga that, you know, seeing what he seen, didn't like it, felt disrespected, came back, killed nothing by the passion. And you knew that because once he shot him, the number of times that he shot him, he also kicked him in the head. You know, that's just some, that's just some bullshit. But, you know, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Everything was going on. Sadly to say that Nip won't be coming back. So, I've been seeing everybody on social media, TV, all around the world saying the marathon going to continue. And I truly believe that. But also, I want people to understand that the marathon just can't continue for the next couple of weeks. Like, we need this consistently. Like, it's a, like a one post on social media that I did agree with. It's a nip in your city right now that you probably don't know nothing about and or support. So, just don't do it on a grander scale because Nip had notoriety. Do it on a local level because that's where activism starts. Anybody tell you, tells you that activism is grassroots. So, if you want to be a, a part of the change that's going on in your hood or your city, just start on the ground like everybody else. And um, we'll see. Like, this part of the episode is actually extremely difficult to get through because, like, <laughs> it's just hard. Like, because, you know, so many people lost a leader. Somebody that showed them hope. Somebody that showed them that, yo, I, I can be different as like he was. Like, I can come from Crenshaw. He, like, he called himself a Slauson boy and become, you know, to go around the world, meet people that, you know what I'm saying, I wouldn't think was attainable at that point in time. But, you know, most rappers, sadly, are killed in their own hometown if they are killed. You know, I ain't got time to go through the list, but there's a list of that. And I'm just glad that people actually... You know what I'm saying? Showing that concern. Everybody praying for his children. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was praying for Lauren. And, you know, it's just been a rough couple of weeks for, I think, rap and also the world. But like I said, the only way the marathon can continue, you continue to stream the music, continue to purchase from his stores, even want to invest, help invest in the STEM programs that he had. You know, so just continue, man. Hustle and motivate. That was That was something that he was on. So grind all your life, like he said. Just do what you got to do to make sure that you're providing a better space for yours and uh, the people that you care about. And um, one thing that I didn't agree with that came from Nip's death was um, I see people putting tats and Nip all over them. Like, I'm not a big tattoo guy at all. I don't have any. You know what I'm saying? I always tell people the reason I ain't got no tattoos because I made a promise to my parents that I wouldn't do three things, which was smoke, drink, and get a tattoo. So, Currently, I'm one for three from the field, so 33% ain't all that bad, if you ask me. So, who all got? Uh, Rick Ross got a tat of him. Um, the rapper Russ got a tat of him. Game got a tat of him right in the middle of his chest, which I'm going to come back to in a second. And, of course, Lauren got a tattoo of him, which I can understand because that was, uh, you know, her, her everything. You know, even reading, you know what I'm saying, text messages from that they experienced with each other from the funeral, 
even also the letter that she read out, you know, to him at the funeral, you know, saying Hermes, which is uh, what she called him, what was his real name. And um, she said the last words was the marathon go continue. Um, I, in particular, like uh, YG's speech, because that was the real YG. That was nothing held back about it. YG had on an all white suit. DJ Mustard looked kind of lost up there with YG. But you could tell uh, YG was extremely emotional because he said, My nigga, like 17 times. And he, you know, he was just being himself, basically. So, and they did a lot of stuff together, like, Fuck Donald Trump. And, um, yeah, with game tag nip on his chest that big, I'm kind of. Kind of torn on that because I know it's not the time for me to be playing, but then again, I'm always playing. Like, so what if Game got a female riding his chest? I mean, riding him, and she looked down on his chest, and she just see Nip, and she probably she might take it as Nip judging her. That's if you're doing it with the lights on. But you know, maybe she just looked down and just see Nip, just like damn, homie. Or you know what I'm saying? What if you know what I'm saying? Game having a bad day, or just had a bad sex night. He, you know what I'm saying? Walk in the bathroom, look in the mirror, and see Nip looking back at him, like damn, homie. So, you know what I'm saying? That's something you think. That's some shit I think about. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, it ain't too big of a deal as far as it would be. But, you know what I'm saying? It happens. Um, I think what's going to come out of this is you're going to see more and more rappers probably stay away from their neighborhoods. Give back, yes, but stay away from the neighborhoods 100%. Because that's the, the thing that you're torn with after something like this and or before is that you want to do and give back to the hood that you come from, but at the same time, at what extent? Because if you just send money, you're going to make somebody mad. If you show up and do what you got to do, you're going to make somebody mad. There's no there's no middle ground in giving back. It's always going to make somebody upset. Even when you donate money to somebody, oh, this is just a tax write-off. Who the fuck cares? The, the people still got the money. Like, that's the sad part about it. But you're never going to please everybody. So you have to do what's best for the people that you're trying to help and also do what's best for yourself. And like on an extremely lower level, I'm on the same thing. Like I don't live where I'm from, but I go back and I still help people from a distance because if they could do that to Nip, shit, imagine what that do to my black ass with less uh, media coverage, with less fanfare, with less wherewithal. So you have to be mindful of some shit like that. And um, once again, rest in peace, King Nip, and hope his family can get through it. Make sure everybody at this point in time is on the uh, same page. His mom showed uh, incredible strength to help everybody get through this. You know what I'm saying? His brother, you know what I'm saying, did the same. Lauren is displaying the same. You know, she's just coming um, just coming back around just to have conversations. And also, she's been on social media a couple of times. But outside of that, I understand where she's coming from. And um, which brings me to my next topic, which is going to be uh, Kodak Black. Basically, you know what I'm saying? Saying that, you know, after Lauren had time to grieve, he's going to shoot his shot. Now, at a time like this, that ain't nothing that you say publicly. And plus, he put this shit on IG Live where he, he knew everybody was going to capture it. Even his boys in the background was like, nah, that ain't the look. So, T.I., Game, and even, you know, saying Tank came out and was like, yo, this ain't the time for that. Don't disrespect Nip. Don't disrespect Lauren. But we got to keep that same injury across the board. Like, you got to do that for motherfuckers that's here as well. And not just the ones that are gone. So, and then, you know, T.I. and uh, Kodak been going back and forth, back and forth. Then Game went back and forth, back and forth. And some people thought Game and T.I. was clout chasing, which I thought was a stupid-ass explanation for it. But the simple fact is that Game and T.I. don't need no clout. They are established in this rap shit. They are established in the culture. They don't need that. Kodak was trolling 100%. 
because you know what I'm saying he kept going back and forth with them niggas. Like we we can make a discussion that Game and Ti are top twenty in rap all time. If you want to make that, if you want to make that, uh, have that discussion, definitely Ti. Now Game, you know you can go back and forth on it, but Ti one hundred percent. So he don't need that shit. You know what I'm saying Ti got his own kids to deal with, and I, I understood his explanation that you know what I'm saying he was going so hard for Nip because he felt like Nip would go hard for him because they were cool like that, and. Another interesting point that game brought up was that, yeah, we going hard because Nip ain't here to defend himself. Like, is is Kodak saying that shit? If Nip is alive, is he talking about Lauren in that matter? Nah. Because Nip probably was going to pull up or holler at him. But Kodak is also 22, 23, so at that age, you do a lot of dumb shit. Not excusing behavior. That's just who he is. And Kodak has, has given us plenty of examples of being an ancient person that he is. Like, let's not forget that he actually have a sexual assault trial that's coming up for some shit that he possibly could be going down for that we don't know about. But, you know what I'm saying? It's that same type of word with all the energy that you got to keep. Like, you can't, like, it's always been selective outrage. Always been, always going to be. So, you just have to be mindful of what cause that you ride with and make sure that you understand exactly what's going on. And um, I hope, you know what I'm saying, Kodak has realized the damage that he's doing to himself. And also affecting other people. You know what I'm saying? Because Big Boy and a lot of people out in L.A., I do think banning Kodak music is a little bit excessive. Because one, Kodak don't get a lot of radio play like that anyway. And I'm pretty sure he would probably have to go to West Coast to do interviews and shit like that. But, he, I mean, I think it's a little bit over the line as far as reactionary-wise. But once, once again, I can't tell anybody how to feel. And I can't tell people how to react. But what I can do is offer just a little bit of what's where I want to look of uh, logic and not just emotion that's attached to it because it's still early. Um, Nippers just went in the ground on Thursday and the backlash is still going to continue. I think T.I. also has a diss track coming out of the preview on IG. I haven't listened yet, but I am definitely will be paying attention. And another thing that came from the past good nip is that, you know, women to a certain degree we start to feel a little bit what they have been feeling for the longest when it comes to black men in America. But also, it's also just an opportunity for some women to get their rocks off about this situation. Because some of the things that were, some of the memes that I was seeing, some of the things that people were posting had really nothing to do with Nip's situation. It mostly dealt with a lot of women's insecurities, which was a meme that I saw that said, this is why we call you a thousand times. This is why we're worried about what you're doing. No, that shit is deeply rooted in insecurity, not just what I was doing. You probably wouldn't fucked up by what I was doing, more so concerned about who I was doing it with. So let's get that shit straight out the way. And I see a lot of people saying that, you know what I'm saying, Nip treated Lauren in a certain manner and Lauren treated Nip in a certain manner. But yeah, they had to work to get to that point. That wasn't a day one thing. Like, no relationship is black and white as far as when, what you see. Like, I'm pretty sure they had their downtimes, just like everybody else. And they also had their ups. But when they was in public, they showed you what it was like to be a solid couple. They held each other down. Like, for me personally, I don't want the attention and or the wherewithal to where everything that I do is compared to someone else. And women shouldn't compare what Nip did for Lauren and what Lauren did for Nip from what they do going to do for them. Because that shit is not fair. Because you're putting unrealistic expectations on somebody who might not be ready for and or may exceed those expectations. So to compare yourself to Lauren is very um, first world thinking. And also to compare any other dude to Nip is first world and also shallow thinking. 
So just be mindful of that once it comes to comparing yourself to any other relationship. Great. They might have been great on the surface, but we don't know what was going on behind closed doors. Not to say that anything was, but there's just the truth and reality. I don't have relationship goals with anyone else, not even my parents. My relationship goals are going to be exactly what me and whoever I end up with make them. It has nothing to do with anyone else but us. So don't put yourself in Lauren's position because you might not have been able to stand up like Lauren did in that situation. Like you might not have been able to handle uh, the person that you love and the father of your child just get killed like that. Some of y'all wouldn't have been able to speak at that funeral and to carry on that torch. Nah. So don't put yourself in that situation. Don't don't give yourself the good, but alleviate yourself from the bad. So that's just all I want to say about that situation. Like don't put yourself in those situations if you're not ready for them. And um, I think Nip's funeral was great. I seen a lot of clips. I like the story that Snoop told. I like the letter that Obama wrote. Um, I also liked the um, what they did for him as far as like they did with Big was took him back to his old neighborhood. I thought that was dope because you got to see the fan reaction and the community reaction of somebody that they felt that they lost. So because Nip was deeply rooted in um, the Slauson area, you know what I'm saying? And also they just named the streets after him. They call it Nipsey Hustle Square, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm just glad that, you know. Um, that he's been celebrated. I hate that he had to pass for some of this love to be given to him. And I've heard a lot of people over the last couple of weeks compare him to a lot of people. I heard people compare him to Martin Luther King. I heard people compare him to Malcolm X. I heard people compare him to uh, Tupac. I heard people compare him to Jesus. And Jermaine Dupree and Joe Budden actually think he's Jesus. And I was asked about this situation. And all I can say is that I can see the similarities. They both died at 33 you know what I'm saying? Jesus was black. Nip was black. You know what I'm saying? Both, you know what I'm saying, tried to lead a group of people, poor people mostly. And they both um, were just speaking in ways that the people that they were leading could definitely understand. Now, I always believe that there is a God. And I believe that Jesus is, is in all of us. It's just depending on which route that you take as far as with the direction that you go in your life. So, you somebody probably could possibly see Jesus because... You know, he, I ain't never seen him walk on water, but I ain't, who was to say that he couldn't? So, you know what I'm saying? The Bible always tells you what Jesus was, but it don't tell you what he wasn't. So, that leaves room for a lot of interpretation compared to who you want to listen to and or compared to what you want to follow. And once again, what I have to remind people all the time, slavery, I mean, uh, not, yeah, the Bible was used for a form of control when it came to slavery. And the Bible also was used to tear down other countries and civilizations. Like, religion is the most divisive thing that in this country not race is actually religion and Malcolm X once said the most divided time in American uh, culture is high noon on Sundays so just always remember that I I think it's a stretch for me right now to compare him to anybody because he's only been gone you know saying less than right around two weeks would have been today so let's see how it goes within the next 10, 15, 20 years like and Unlike Tupac, Nip wasn't polarizing. Like Pop was, Pac was very, very polarizing, and he was also in our face all the time. Nip was a more low key kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be very interesting to see where do we go from here. You know, as far as when it comes to Tupac, he had you know what I'm saying multiple videos, he had multiple albums, he had movies. You know what I'm saying? He had done TV shows. Like Nip was, you know what I'm saying? Basically on his on his grind on his come up. Like Pac was dating. You know what I'm saying? Kadada Jones at the time, who is uh, Quincy Jones' daughter, who is music royalty. Like, 
you know what I'm saying? Pac was doing interviews from jail. Pac was on probably the second biggest label or third biggest label in rap music at the time in Death Row. So he was more polarizing. And plus he didn't know. I think Nip had a great um, self-awareness of knew who he was. I think Pac was still wrestling with that because got to remember Pac was only 24, 25 when he got killed. So he's going to be mythologized forever just based off quotes. And plus he was able to touch more people around the world. I think Nip was getting to that point. But, and I think it's not fair to compare him to Martin Luther King because their movements was different. The only thing that they had in common was that they were just trying to galvanize people. I think this was more so of a Malcolm X situation where Nip was killed by his own, not killed by just some randomly um, say angry person that was trying to stop, you know what I'm saying, the galvanization of races and people because um, Nip was just trying to do everything he wanted to do for his community and his hood, which I commend. And I'm on that same path. I'm on an upward trajectory, but I don't want anybody to take me down while I'm on that rise because I will not be mythologized. And the sad part about it, in a few years, if we let it, Nip Def could just be viewed as some, some gang violence, which I don't think that we should. Like, we all got to stand, like he said, 10 toes down to get this shit handled. So, you don't have to be a fan, but if you can feel the impact, express it. If you want to continue to the marathon, buy his, buy his merch. You know what I'm saying? Streaming music. I don't want to see in 10 years, which I'll still, I'll be relatively still young. You know, so I'll be 38, going on 39 in 10 years. I still want people to talk about Nip like they talk about it now in 10 years. Don't just do this shit for now. Please don't. I know his family and his friends going to do everything, but it takes a nation in the world to continue a legacy. Like, if just Pac Moms, you know what I'm saying, rest in peace to her, and just his brother, and his sister was just talking about him, he wouldn't move the needle. But when you when everybody talked glowingly and or disparaging about him, you still wonder because he's not here. And he died young. So you still have time to make your own opinion about him. Plus he gave us a lot, a lot of music. You know what I'm saying? Within that time span, like I think he had, he had six to seven albums released after his passing. Probably with more music to come that's in the stash. So just be mindful of that. Um, once again, rest in peace to Nip. We're going to continue to see exactly where this goes. And I also want to see exactly what's going to go on with this trial. You know what I'm saying? It seemed pretty open and shut. Like, I don't think that dude's going to survive long in prison. He can't go to jail in California. That shit is a wrap. So he's not going to be transferred. And it's going to have to be a level, high level, maximum security prison. Probably he's going to be in isolation all the time because he's a risk. He could be killed at any time by anybody because we don't know exactly who were all fans of Nip. It could just be some random white dude that take him out in prison. You know what I'm saying? Or, or you know what I'm saying, it was a, a, a crip, so it could be a rival blood that just killed him who was fucking with Nip too because Nip was fucking with YG. So, we'll see. Um, I think it's going to be a fairly quick trial. I don't know if all the details are going to come out. I hope that no more video comes out about, you know what I'm saying, Nip passing because that shit was, was terrible to watch. Him. I actually seen it on, on uh, IG. That shit was terrible to watch. So let's be mindful of him and his family not putting up more videos up or reposting or shit like that on social media. But I'm going to move right along from talking about Nip right now. I know we can go on and on. I wish I had some more people on with me because this conversation can go on for hours and hours and hours. And um, I just want to move on to um, Wendy Williams. It's reported that Wendy, where Wendy Williams and her husband, husband, Kevin, is actually going to be filing for divorce. And... Um, I think it's a good thing for Wendy because due to the fact that what we've been reading and what we've been, been hearing about Kevin for years is that it's not a good situation for her to be in. But you can't tell anyone 
when or how to leave out of a marriage because we all know that once anybody tells you to leave anybody, it becomes a, a us against the world mentality for that couple. And the, and what you do is you further alienate them from everybody else. And that's probably the reason why Wendy and Kevin stayed together so long. But when you back off and let people, you know what I'm saying, see what they got to see, the the transition happens a lot faster. So, you know what I'm saying? She's going to get, she's divorcing him. Like, she's going to have to sever all ties. He actually works on the show. He's also her manager as well. And he's allegedly been cheating on her with a mistress, a mistress for over 10 years. I'm pretty sure if y'all listen to The Breakfast Club, my man Charlamagne introduced him. And him and Kevin Hunter have been beefing for years over that exact same situation. And he said there's just more of the comp, more to come, which, you know what I'm saying, which is sad for Wendy because she's going to have to deal with this shit. But then again, Wendy has, um, you know what I'm saying, has exposed other people's business on the radio and on her TV show for almost 25, 30 years. So don't be surprised when motherfuckers finna come at you now, Wendy. Like, you can't be upset. None of that shit. Because motherfuckers is coming. Please believe that motherfuckers is coming. That you pissed off over the years. And they're going to take their time to just point it out. And I can guarantee that one petty motherfucker that's coming for you when there's 50 cent. Because my man don't forget shit. The man got the mind of an elephant and the pettiness that's untouched. Ask Tierra Maria about 50. So, um, the story comes out that they're about to get divorced and she actually delivered him the divorce paper while they were actually at work and had extra security just in case he wanted to go across uh, across that line while they was at work and apparently he's been verbally and mentally abusing her, you know what I'm saying, for years. And you know what I'm saying, I don't want to see no woman go through that, you know what I'm saying. And there's going to be a lot of people that defend Kevin saying, well, you know what I'm saying, A, B, C, and D, but you know what I'm saying, abuse is not cool at all. So hopefully she gets out of this situation and like Charlamagne said about her, I hope she uh, wakes up and get away from the situation before she don't wake up. And she also has a son to worry about. So, Wendy, you know what I'm saying? hope you get through it. But, you know what I'm saying? You got to know what's best for you and your son in this situation. And she had a relapse being back on drugs. So, that can also take out as an OD, which we don't want to see happen to her at all. Because, you know what I'm saying? Granted, she might do what she do for a living and talk mad shit about people, but she's also a black woman. So, we really can't, you know what I'm saying, put that to the side like that. Um, the other thing that uh, came up it happened a couple of weeks ago, but I felt compelled that I needed to speak about it because also the divorce settlement uh, numbers have came out. Um, Jeff Bezos, the uh, creator and one of the founders of Amazon, along with his wife, Mackenzie, they are no longer together. They've actually um, divorced and the settlement agreement came out, which ended up being um, that Mackenzie, his wife, will be getting thirty six billion dollars in the settlement. And Jeff Bezos is worth one hundred and thirty seven billion. So. To me, that's not a bad number because she was there when they actually started Amazon back in 96, 97. Um, so I feel like if they were there from the beginning, she was out there selling books in the gym with you. I think it's all good to get that kind of money. She's also going to contain a little bit of stock in the company. And she's also going to um, give up the Washington Post and all the other newspaper art, uh, shit that they own. But, you know, what I'm saying they both agreed to this and they also agreed that they're going to be continuously co-parenting. So. My hat's off to them. And she said in her spare time, what she's going to be doing is writing fiction books. If I just got a check for 36 billion motherfucking dollars, I ain't doing shit. Shit is what I'm not doing. Not doing shit. Get that shit straight. 36 billion. We ain't talking about millions. We talking about 36 billion of them things. Fuck this shit. I ain't doing nothing. I'm... Bro, $36 billion, I'm calling all my close friends and say, meet me anywhere in the world, and we getting it. 
That's what we doing. I probably got all my friends close to a couple hundred million dollars just to chill because I need somebody to do shit with. So I'm just saying, I, I'm glad that they was able to get through everything just quickly and quietly as well. Like, and what's interesting enough is that the uh, national the National Enquirer that actually broke the story of Bezos allegedly cheating on his wife. Guess what? Now they're up for sale. If I was Jeff Bezos and being the level of petty of a 50 cent or something like that, I would actually buy the National Enquirer just to cancel that motherfucker. Because the National Enquirer hurt a lot of people's lives. In a sense, granted, you shouldn't be doing some of the shit you're doing anyway. But at the same time, everybody ain't got to report about it. So I probably would buy that motherfucker and just, you know what I'm saying, close it down. Just to get the final laugh. If I was that level of petty. But if I know, if, you know, so I don't study Jeff Bezos close like that. But what I can say is that he probably, you know, probably doesn't even think about it too much after this and just move on to, you know, what I'm saying, doing uh, bigger and better things as far as with Amazon, any other business ventures that he might have coming down the pipe. And um, that's pretty much all I got this week. Um, let me think. Yeah, my basketball camp is coming up. Um, Bachelor, Louisiana, June 21st, 22nd. I'm making some final adjustments to that. Remember, please sign these kids up because without them, this shit is pointless. So just got to make sure we can make that happen. Um, we'll be giving away um, my uh, scholarships, which is going to be in the form of two laptops, one for a female, one for a male. College students will be graduating and going to uh, college in the fall and or the spring, which I wanted they choose to do. So definitely you want to donate. Uh, hit me up at uh, one of my social medias, which is uh, Black Tar Heel 24. That's B-L-K-T-A-R-H-E-E-L 24. That's on IG. That's also on Twitter. Um, we'll be back next week. Um, next week's that's going to be my birthday. I'll be turning 29 and I'm going to be doing a little bit of self-reflecting this week and also on the next episode. And I also got a surprise for y'all about what was, what's going to be going on the next, next episode. So I'm going to keep that shit kind of close to the vest until it comes into, um, play exactly the way I want it. Um, I think I'm going to end this episode with some nip. Um, I don't know which song yet, but whatever I decide is going to be played. Just remember, man, we all black. We all from uh, got a, a race to run. The marathon is definitely going to continue in my opinion. But once again, don't make my opinion just an opinion. Make it a fact. And like I always tell y'all, I might not be the genius you want, but I'm 100%. And it don't get no goddamn higher than that genius that you need. This is the Nebriac Genius Podcast. Thank you for listening. Take if I call it the grave, the people gon' call it the